Hello today. Greetings for everybody who's listening in on our show today. Um, watch us on YouTube. Sure appreciate you guys uh, joining us here for this episode of Cocktails and Curveballs. I'll be your host today. My name is Patrick. We've got Jim and Tyler with me today. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I believe uh, Lee is on the IL today. Is that correct? All yeah, right. Yeah, 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 I believe so. Um, somebody needs to get him some my at all, but I'm sure he'll be with us next episode. So today, like we love to do, I want to kick off the show by thanking uh, all the men and women in our armed forces, past and present, um, home and abroad. Um, probably the most underappreciated group in this country, and we definitely want to give a heartfelt thank you to everything you guys do to, to let us do our thing. Um, big shout out to the uh, emergency responder, first responders, uh, emergency people in the world. Another group of people that don't get enough thanks, so uh, we definitely appreciate you guys over there. Um, that being said, I'm uh, starting to show off today with a little bit of uh, apricot hefeweizen, mm. and I might have a shot of butter shots in there. Just a just a little dabble, just to kind of spruce it up. Going down really well. Football Sunday, fellas. Um, let's go. Let's. Uh, anybody got something? Uh, let's start off by by letting everybody know what you guys are drinking. Well, I'll go first. Um, so I <clears throat> went to a brewery here in, in uh, my, my, where I live here uh, in Colorado. And uh, it's called the Red Swing. Um, and man, you got to stop in. Uh, anybody out there listening in the Colorado Springs area down on South Tejon, um, you got to stop in. Nice, cozy little brewery, great beers, uh, everything from a lighter type of a beer to Belgian to malts. Uh, nice. I particularly, I picked up a blackberry mango sour. Wow. And uh, I got to tell you guys, man, this stuff is, uh, it tastes like it starts out, listen to that. Glug, 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 glug. It starts out like a sour patch kid, you know, hmm. kind of tip of your tongue. It's got that sour patch kind of a a, a tang to it you know and then it just finishes like a, a really smooth so is uh, it a, is it a dark beer no here i'll show you as soon as it uh <clears throat> no it's a it's an ale it's uh, it, uh but it's man it just it the whole <clears throat> the whole um what do you guys call it what do you, when wine and beer the whole palate thing oh yeah uh, yeah yeah <clears throat> between stages uh, it's just real, real good, and uh, 5.3%. So you can have a couple of them without, uh, you know, overdoing it and staying responsible. Um, do, they anyway, have, uh, yeah. do they have apps over there? Uh, do they have what? They, they oh, yeah, they've got pizza. they got pizza. I took a picture of the, the menu and stuff, guys, but I, I think out of, out of respect um, – I haven't ever talked to the owner or anything of the place. Sure. So out of respect and stuff, I'm not going to show the the menu. Um, but I will say that that uh man, stop in. It's nice, cozy. They had some people playing guitar, you know, in there and, and oh, wow. uh nice. and the and the the Taylor, I'll say Taylor, uh the bartender, uh, she was very knowledgeable, very professional. And the beers that they served, what it was, and and everything else. So stop in, sample some, and uh, stick around and 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 have a beer at the Red Swing. Absolutely. Uh, so knowing that knowing that you're such a um, a Coors Light guy, do uh, do beers like that? Do they give you the BGs? 
No, no. And and I was really surprised. I was kind of expecting that, mm-hmm. you know, this morning. Um, I'm not very good with, with micros and, and craft beers and stuff uh, as far as <laughs> the next day goes. But, but uh, this, I woke up this morning feeling great. Um, of course, I only had, eh, maybe had three or something like that nice. but uh That's woke up this morning feeling, yeah <laughs> yeah right <laughs> uh but woke up this morning feeling great and uh and looking forward actually to uh to having one with y'all well good good and you look hey, great. Sounds, more than more than feeling sounds, great you look great so it, yeah it sounds really tasty blackberries oh wow so it is kind of like an amber huh maybe yeah it's an amber nice nice yeah it's like you ty Oh, I'm on these camo cans today. Bushwicks. Um, yeah, I just brought up the the whole bubble guts thing because like I I do like IPAs, um, but I have to limit myself for sure, much more than I have to do with with the bush lights. Like I nice. if I I know if I if I even have like one of like the tall cans of an IPA, my guts are on fire. Really? Wow. Yeah. There's a question. Yeah. <laughs> There's a question for you guys and and for anybody out there. Do you think it just your body gets so used to drinking the same thing? Because oh, I'm sure I, I go into certain places here around town and I don't even have to ask for a beer; it's sitting there. Yeah. And it's a Coors Light. God forbid I want anything else, you know. Yeah. Um, but I'm do sure. you think that your body just gets so used to that that it doesn't affect you in ways that you you switch to something else? And well, I. Just, I guarantee it. And, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll a really quick story. Uh, so when I was getting out of the Navy long, long time ago, so I was in the middle of a med cruise and I believe we're over in the Mediterranean somewhere. I had to fly off an aircraft carrier. They flew me to, I want to say it was maybe Luxembourg, Germany. Um, and uh, a, a lot of their bur- beers and maybe all their beers, but at least the ones we tried, uh, they're all served like room temperature, which was really weird for me. Um, cause we're drinking, used to drink cold beer, you know? And, uh, so, you know, going over there, knowing that I was going to be, we're going to be going out that night and drinking in a bar. I, you know, you hear all kinds of rumors about how strong German beer is and all, oh, it'll knock you on your ass. And so I was a little intimidated, but I noticed up at the bar, as we grabbed the table over in the corner, there are six or seven locals up there. And I don't think any of them were 160 pounds or heavier, small dudes. Um, just maybe it was just that particular occasion, but whatever. It wasn't really any guys, even our size, that were over there at the bar. Small guys. And I noticed that when the bartender would serve them another beer, they were serving them these uh, like 22-ounce steins, pretty pretty good-sized beer. And, and you could see, you know, they were clear glasses. So every time they would order a beer, they would, they would leave their glass there and bring them another one. But there was these... 140, 150 pound guys of the bar with seven or eight of these glasses in front of them. I'm thinking, well, come That's on, it cool. can't be that. <laughs> it can't be that strong, man. I mean, these guys are 150 pounds soaking wet, and they've this guy's on his eighth one. How strong can it be, right? Not thinking that they grow up on this shit, right? Mm-hmm. So I got halfway down of my beer, really good tasting. It was warm, took me a little bit to adjust to, but it, it was really good tasting beer. Can't even tell you what it was. It was, I think, I think it was maybe 11%, 11.2 or something. So it, it was up there. Um, and we're sitting down, and I didn't think anything, anything about it. I got up to go use a bathroom and almost fell on my lips. I, I mean, just to, your point, Jim, is that 
these guys are used to drinking 11.2. I mean, and, and it might even been stronger than that. But these 150-pound dudes <laughs> are running through beer like, like it's candy. And half of my stein, I was like, Jesus, man. I need to switch to orange juice or something. So I really do believe your body absolutely uh, gets acclimated to whatever you're drinking. You know, I think that's that's a fair point. So just on the note of like the warm beer thing, if you're like, I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but like, I don't like my beer ice cold. I like some beers ice. Like if I'm going to have a beer, if I'm going to have a beer, yeah, okay, ice cold. But if I'm going to start getting into beers, not ice cold. I don't know if that's so a hot has, take or not. So has anybody else heard that? And I'm not sure – somebody fact-checks us on this because I'm sure I might be missing – I could be spot on, but there's a good chance I'm missing a key element here in this statement. I was told by a, an old farmer uh, – so if you know guys out on the combine and, and they're in the hot sun all day long, they carry around a like a gallon jug of water that's just been sitting in the sun all day. It's warm. That's what they drink. And, and, and what I was told by this guy, whether it's accurate or not, kind of makes sense, is that not necessarily warm water, but room temperature water um, is either better for you or it quenches your thirst better I've or something that. along those lines because your body is at 98 degrees, mm -hmm. right? It's not like and a so shock when to you your body. Right. So it, your body accepts it and, and is able to replenish your body with with temperature closer to the body temperature than if you just drink fucking. And, but everybody loves and for cold anybody shit. listening that wants to know about how to hydrate. Look at us three. Listen to this podcast. <laughs> this podcast is about how to hydrate. Well, I don't know. If that it's, may if be that's a, that, you know what, though? That is important. And the older that I've gotten now, like that is so much more important than it used to be sure. being hydrated, oh, yeah. especially <laughs> after after doing some heavy drinking Absolutely. a glass of water before bed here they yeah, public service announcement a glass of water before bed is a lifesaver well okay so now i don't know if you guys know this i i i've started doing this i do it almost every morning not every morning but i bet you do it five days a week and it makes a huge difference fellas um, they say when you wake up before you before you put anything else in your body, drink drink a big glass of water first thing you do in the morning. Filters out all the end. It just makes your day go where you feel better. Uh, your it, it helps your digestive system helps um, filter out all the antitoxins. It's supposed to be worth its weight in gold. So food for thought. That's yeah, another we can, PSA. now we can put um, health in the description of our podcast. Uh, that might be that might be overshooting the landing strip just a little bit. Hey, beer, so beer drinking, with, with the Halloween health, yeah, yeah. Um, do you guys like pumpkin stuff? Because we're I deep like pumpkin, into that though. season. We're deep oh, yeah. into pumpkin yeah. season. Pumpkin spices all over your coffee shops, man. It's like everywhere you so, go is pumpkin. Spice. I'm and another thing that I'm starting to realize more and more as I get older is that I'm a basic white girl. In a, in a man's body, obviously, but like pumpkin spice, I, I was not, you know, you just always are like, okay, girls with Uggs and scarfs and, you know, their names are all Ashley. Yeah, they get, they get pumpkin spice coffees, but I had one the other day 
It was fucking good. It oh, they, good. I, I get them. Pump, I, I, I ain't gonna lie. Be- yeah, I had a pumpkin beer last night. Um, it was good. Really? I like That's pumpkin. I, I like pumpkin bread. Yeah. What? Well, I, I my my question is why haven't they come out with a pumpkin spice whiskey? I would be all over that like flies on shit. Ain't it is. It. It's super specific to the time of year though, right? Like I I don't think I would like a pumpkin beer in the middle of summer. Uh, no, I you think know, it, I don't I think it'd be okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. No, but I think you're right. I think it's kind of a specific specific type yeah. time yeah. of the year. Because it does, uh, right? you know, like it has that little bit of spice. Like it's almost got like just a little bite. Pumpkin does, or and something. it's cold. Yeah. yeah, we all live where it gets cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Well, speaking, um, of, speaking of, woke up to eight inches of snow this morning. Oh yeah, same thing in Montana, man. We got we got hammered. Hey, I wanted to ask you guys about something. Not to change the subject, but I do want to get into a little bit of sports. And uh, you know, with our, I'm sure you guys have heard because you guys are avid sports followers like myself. But so Bob Melvin is leaving the Padres. Um, going to the Giants, which I got to believe more money, more everything was involved because I feel like that's a lateral move. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm off base by saying that. All that being said, they're saying that Mike Schilt is a favorite to land the Padres job. And me and Ty were talking a little bit before the show. And my question is, and this is this is a genuine question. Um, if you're if you're an established manager or if you're trying to get trying to, you know, get your feet wet, whatever your situation is as a, as a big league manager in baseball, is that a job you want? Because on the surface, it's really easy to say, hell, yes, they got a lot of talent. They got Tatis. They got, you know, I mean, that, that team's loaded. But listen, man. They were loaded last year. Bob Melvin's a respected coach. I I've I like Bob Melvin. I think he's a, I think he's a he's a he's a fundamentalist. He's a good coach, good good manager. He couldn't he couldn't get these guys these guys. Padres have been kind of a dumpster fire for a while now. So I guess my question is, do you guys think that's an organizational issue why they're like that, or is there a manager that can get these guys pull them in the same direction? Because if these guys, if somebody was to get this team on the right page, good God, they'd be a wrecking ball, man. They got a lot of talent. So, it, but but on the flip side, that could be the end of your career if you go there and it really explodes. You might not get another gig, man. So, is that a job that you're going after if if you're trying to make your name in this league, Jim? Well, first off, <clears throat> I could get back to Bob Melvin for a minute. He is very respected and and um, he is a fundamentalist type of a, a manager you know um he's a coach's coach and with that being said i think that there might not have been more money involved to go to the giants it's oh. just the type of team that he wants to coach yeah uh, right maybe he saw culture, the writing right? on the wall culture. with san diego and yeah the culture in san diego and, and uh i think maybe that's just you know he he wants to go to that 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 blue collar, that that grinded out uh, a baseball town. And San Francisco is a baseball town, man. They are. It is, but you've got guys on that team that are just blood and guts, man. You know, and yeah. and with all the with all the contracts on San Diego, and you can't win, and and I, maybe it That's is an boring. organizational culture thing. Um, <clears throat> too many egos, too many uh, quote unquote. Hope this doesn't offend anybody. Too many, too many chiefs. Right. Uh, whatever the case is, 
uh, but you're right, San Diego, man, they ever all get get that together. And if they can find somebody to get them together, uh, that team's going to be dangerous, very dangerous. So, Jim, if 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 you're a big league manager, say uh, uh, you just finished up your last contract, and I'm sure, I'm sure there's scenarios like this all over the major leagues, and your team hasn't really they talked about re-signing you for three more years or him and Han, San Diego Padres call you and offer you a three-year deal right now. Just sign the name. Are you taking that job? I mean, I don't know. I, you know, here's here's the whole thing. We've got free agents, and now I know a lot of them guys are signed, but Juan Soto, I mean, they're looking – you would have to – see what the situation is as far as who's going to be there next year. Are you losing pitchers? Are you losing um, bullpen? We're seeing right now how big bullpens are. Um, and and so I, I don't know. I, I think that, yeah, absolutely. I would want to take that team. I mean, it's a challenge, right? Very big challenge. Yeah. If you, if you are uh, that risk that to guy, reward, right? Risk to oh, reward. Man. That's right. And you, you, can't, you can't you can't bitch about sitting there saying, Well, we don't have any talent. Well, you haven't give me signed some any talent. talent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, That's get true, us some man. talent. No, you can't That's say true. that. So so the challenge is is uh you know that 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 thing inside you that that every sports guy kind of has is that competitiveness that that uh that just well he couldn't do it, but guess what? I can I can do it. Right, right. That ego that, you know what, if I make this happen, man, I will be, they will build statues for me. Right. Right. So I, I think just um, in, in my personal opinion, I'd say, fuck yeah, let's do this. Let's, let's, let's see what we can do, you know, and, and start day one. Getting what, 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 about, what about you, Ty? And, and that's, so I, let me ask you this, Ty. Uh, Jim made a great point about he wanted to get in there and see who signed, who's coming back, who, you know, whatever. Ty, do you believe that that is part of the interview process? When you sit down, when before, because no one's going to call them and say, okay, I'll take the job. I mean, they want to go in and they want to listen to your speech and talk to the GM and blah, blah, blah. That's got to be part of the interview process, right? Finding out where, where we at, like who, who you guys got coming back. Am I wrong? I think it depends on the, co the person that's being interviewed. It, you know, if it's Buck Showalter, he's going to go, well, who, who do we got? What do we, what do we got going on here? But if it's right. some guy that's, you know, been waiting. First in the year wings, manager. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Somebody that's been waiting in the wings somewhere to just go and I don't care. I'm going to build the team the way that I, you know, regardless of right. who we have or who's coming back, or right. you know? So I think, yeah, I think it's just, it changes. It changes like, like uh, Bruce Bochy, for example, with the Rangers, right? He, I'm sure he knew he was like, okay, we got a pretty solid core here. Oh man. Yes. You know, and and now look at him. But Bruce Bochy is a guy that's been around forever, that's had so time. much success, right? So much success yeah. that yeah. I think a guy that didn't have to take that job. A Texas team that two years ago lost a hundred plus games, you know. Oh my isn't that just bananas? I just wow. Yeah, but so but think I about that. But think about that for a second, because Bruce Bochy is is that no nonsense guy. Yes, he, he really is. Hell, he is, and he's won everywhere he's been. Everywhere, right. 
Yep. You know, yep. uh, and, and he's that no-nonsense guy. So do you think somebody like him could walk into the Padres and have the same success? Or is was Bochi custom-made mm-hmm. to coach guys like the Seegers, the the Garcias, mm-hmm. the guys that um, – but the guys that are blood and guts, you don't hear a lot about them. How good is Corey Seager, man? Oh, how oh good my is, God, dude. How right good here. is Garcia? Just right. And, and the thing is, you don't hear a lot about them because they're not out. They don't put themselves right. out there. They just go to work every day and do their job. But, 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 but Jim, wait, wait, don't, don't you think though? I mean, that's got to come from, you know, we've, we've talked about it on, on almost every sport. Um, oftentimes, your players take on the the you know the, the personality of your head coach, Rex Ryan. You know, Jets never talk more shit than they did under Rex Ryan. Um, you know, all these different these it just your team does behaves the way the manager, head coach, whatever wants them to behave, or they're not going to be on the team. So, don't you think that if Bruce Bochy went to San Diego? There would be a opening statement that, you know, everybody better scoot to the front of their seat. Well, that's, what I'm- that's possible, but you guys know yourself how how professional athletes react to um, certain coaches. Um, you know, I mean, the harder the the God, you almost have to be kind of a player's coach, or you're walking into the right situation. Bruce Bochy is a prime example. You know when he was winning World Series with the with the Giants. Think about who was on that team, right? You know, like Buster you said, Posey, right, though, Brandon right, Crawford. What, what you were talking about with the Giants being guys that just grinded out, like those were teams that were not yeah. hyper talented necessarily. You know, but were but don't, that yeah, was but, a, just wait, wait, good wait. baseball teams. Like, and that's don't something you think? that if if you're if you're a baseball guy, which I know, like we all you know, fancy ourselves is like maybe not purist isn't necessarily the right word, but right. you can watch a game and go, that's good baseball. Yeah. Or, you absolutely. know, we're just going like, that's bullshit baseball. That's not how you win. It's Which tried, like, and, it's tried yeah. and true. There's been how many seasons of like, right. no, there is a blueprint. And yes, it can get be deviated from here and there, but it's an anomaly, right? Like it's like, there is you- a specific way to play baseball. Sure, but and don't the Giants, you think, and the Giants uh, and Bruce Bochy are like the prime example of sure of that. But don't you and think, time and now the Texas Rangers, and right? Now the Texas and, and, Rangers, and, you watch that shit, and you're like, okay, don't yes, you think most of these guys hit a three run home run? Yes, but they also play the game the right way. It seems like to me, move run, move runners over. Yep, uh, good, good, good infield defense. Um, you know, yeah, they, and then, Corey, but then Corey Seager or Adolis Garcia comes to the plate, and you're like, Well, throw all that shit out the window because, yeah, these yeah. we're just gonna let them take cuts at it, so whatever, yeah, yeah, just go up there, grip it, and rip it. So, but don't you think, Ty, that Bruce Bochy and maybe a handful of other managers in the league, um, you can go down the list, I think Dusty Baker might be one of them, don't you think guys like that? have the ability, and, and not very many do, but the guys like that have the ability to go in there and say, this is how shit's going to go down. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 the players, and, and the players the players, don't have the option of saying, fuck you, this is a 2023. 
they they give him that respect because he's earned that respect. Yeah. Well, okay, I, think base, I think baseball more than other sports also is that a manager can come in and go, I don't care what the fuck you've been taught your whole life. Right. This is how we're going to do it. Right. And if you're not on board with that, then like that's why a manager like a Bruce Bochy gets brought in, you know, right. or, or a, I mean, honestly, though, like a Bob Melvin also. Yes, that didn't go yeah, well for yeah. him in in San Diego. But that's that's why a coach like that, a manager like that gets brought in is because somebody up above them goes, no, this is the kind of guy we need here. And right. You know, but, well, I feel but, like, how, I feel like but how telling is it? How telling is it that the Giants go, okay, that's a dumpster fire down there. Hey, Bob Melvin, right? We know you're or, a good coach. We know you're a or good the other, coach. Like the, the other way around, I think Jim hit the nail on the head. I mean, I think it's super. I, I think it speaks fucking volumes that Bob Melvin said, "Yeah, I'm going to go <laughs> yeah. to the Giants." We're not talking yeah. about a team that is the Padres are about a, so. Wildly more talented Listen, right now than the we're Giants not talking are. about it. Right, we're not talking about a team that has lost a hundred games three out of the last four years, and and they're really young and they're building. They got a couple guys that are mm-hmm. going to be superstars, and and they're just finding their way and putting. T- we're not talking about a team like that. That would be almost justifiable. We're talking about a team that that was expected to possibly contend for the fucking pennant this year, man. Yeah, and he just basically possibly, said, "Possibly hell." They, yeah. If you look at it on paper, that Padres right. team, it was right. like insane. Book your flight. Yeah. you're going to the you're going to the planet, possibly the World Series. And doesn't that even just add? Doesn't that just throw gasoline on the fire? Even even make my question even more volatile in the sense that knowing that a guy like Bob Melvin just basically said piece the fuck out i'm gone so 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 not only not only you know is padres offering you this job and you've got all this fucking talent you're disposable you just watched a really highly fucking respected manager say thanks for flying united i mean that's i don't know man i don't know if you take that job i think i i'll tell you what i would I, I personal I personally just signed a three year deal because that's so much money. Us right. obviously, <laughs> okay, well, obviously, us right. three will never be offered that job. Listen, but listen, if we're talking about us, Ty, I'm shooting yes. t-shirts into the fucking audience with their fucking air gun. Are you kidding me? I'm yeah. taking that job. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna go take yeah. second base and throw it into the outfield every game if that's what they want me to do. I'll get kicked <laughs> oh out of God. every single game. If every they single game. Every single game. That's hey, right. so the, uh, Madison Bumgarner. I saw something funny yeah. about him, right? So Mad he's Bum. the highest paid player on the Diamondbacks. Doesn't play for him. Is he really? Oh, my Doesn't God. Play for that, dude, that is- but he's going to get her. If they do win the World Series, he's going to get a ring. I think they'd fucking just let him go earlier in the season. I listen, Madison Bumgarner, as talented and as fun as I, man, when he was younger, he was that guy. You know, a pitcher could also hit. Oh uh, yeah, didn't they <laughs> at, at times use him as a pinch hitter? I yeah, mean, <laughs> he was so. So, so he wasted. He campaigned to be in the home run derby. Do you remember that shit? Like he wanted to be in the home run derby. What yeah, happened so, to him? He, you know, he crashed a dirt bike or something, 
right? Like that's where it all kind of fucking went off the rails for him. Um, I don't know if it's that or he's he was that that pitcher that that oh man he'd stare down the umpire. Oh, oh if you yeah. if you did a bat flip or if you oh, stared man. at your home run too long. Yep. You know, talk I about a guy that made a career that. in the postseason, though. Holy! Oh shit, yeah, he was well, good in the postseason. Yeah, he, I mean that one that one World Series, he won three times. He he started two games and won them, and then they brought him in like in the fourth inning, and he pitched the rest of the game. Like they didn't even have to bring in their closer. He just <laughs> and, and hey, and what and what what team was that, and who was it coached by? That was what the team? San Francisco Giants, right? Coached yeah, by. Yeah. Bruce Bochy. Oh, Bruce right. Bochy. Right, 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 right. I thought you were yeah. asking and, the AL team. But but I think where it de- all derailed for Madison Bumgarner is that the game kind of kind of relaxed on him. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, it, it kind of uh, it's hard to it, keep it, that edge, right? Like it's hard yeah. to keep and, that and edge when everybody that when everybody is gunning for you anyway. It's like okay, you're gonna get you want to stare me down. Yeah. Because I hit a home run off you, don't put that fucker across the middle of the plate, bud. Right. Yeah. Right. You know. Well, uh, and, and 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 a couple other things on that too, though, Jim. I think um, it's been overlooked in those. I want to say probably four, maybe five years, where he was basically, if he wasn't the best pitcher in the league, he was he was in the top thirty. Um, that was one of the years where he, I think, had pitched and you know. Every year he was over 200 innings, 220 innings. I mean, he was he was always right up there with strikeouts. But we're not even talking about during the season. Then he would go into the postseason and he'd pitch another, what, 40, 50 innings um, throughout the postseason. Um, and there was four or five years where the innings he must have pitched during that time. Man, father time is undefeated. And, and had Madison Bumgarner just been a – five and a third, maybe a six, six inning guy, his whole career, you know, I'm sure he'd still be pitching, but nobody is going to convince me that all the innings he pitched in that, that five-year window, along with deep going into the postseason, winning the world series on two, three occasions, if I'm not mistaken, pitching all those innings, man, that's, that's a lot. That was a lot for that right arm, man. And, uh, I just think I think more than anything else, his workload over that four or five windows just derailed the rest of his career. He was always serviceable. He was even even just uh, was it last year? Maybe it was the year before. I mean, he he ended the season with a three six seven ERA something. So that's that's decent by all all measures. But after that four or five window, he was never the same Madison Baumgartner. He just wasn't. Yeah, and that's that's correct. I mean, I, that's fair. Uh, he did pitch a lot of innings and went deep into the postseason every he, year. Every year, um, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that 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 it just wear and tear. Sure. Because you don't see a lot of, you definitely don't see a lot of starting pitchers. Um, God, guys pitching 200 innings nowadays is, is it, it almost it's never it, okay. And so, how about the postseason? Get in the postseason if you can get us three clean innings, clean, three clean innings, going to our bullpen. I mean, now you don't got guys. It, I mean, very rarely do you have guys going into postseason throwing seven and a third, eight innings. What? Mm-mm. 
Yeah, no, it's and, and that's all part of that's all part of the way the game has changed. And and uh, but but that I think that's a fair statement on Madison Bumgarner. And I think the innings that he had pitched oh. uh, over his early career, I, sure. I think it's caught up with him. But have but you I'm guys still, seen I'm what the parallels? Are. Have you guys seen what the parallels are between this the 2001 Diamondbacks team that won the World Series and the 2023 one? Oh, I haven't. Currently in. So it's it's pretty wild. I saw this the other day, and you're like, okay, that is. The, there's so many coincidences that you're like, okay, is it a coincidence? All the the dates of each game, one through seven, are the same exact dates as the 2001 uh, team that won it. Really? Um, crazy. Both All Star games from 2023 and 2001 were in Seattle. Um, oh my God. right like that's it's 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 pretty wild um that was the year that randy johnson hit that bird oh yeah Back, yeah there's a video of zach gallon hitting a bird in warm-ups same thing which is i right like that's just weird that's just like how the fuck right? you can't it's but there's well, so the many timing. things that you're the timing right yeah that you're like i it's i don't know it's pretty wild i'm sure there's I think there's there's like multiple more that I can't remember right now. Pretty wild. Know, but I'm I'm enjoying I'm enjoying the shit out of watching that Diamondbacks team play right now. Just um, just young. I mean, God, they got oh. guys that are starting out there that are 21 years old. Right. Right. Sorry. The well, other look, one. Look at what George pitcher George W. Bush threw out the first pitch in both of these World Series. What? <laughs> Well, it makes that's, sense that's, that's like absurd, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So he looks good. A, uh, did you guys see? Did you see him throw that pitch out? It was a, not a good pitch, but he, uh, George W. looks pretty good. Huh? For being yeah, so old, yeah, motherfucker, old, but yeah, I'm a motherfucker, old, but. I imagine, I imagine if I had the ability to um, have my own personal chef and I had my own physical uh, personal trainer and my own gym in my house, man, I would look like a fucking rock star. I'm not even going to lie to you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you have a personal, you know, diet is everything. If you have a personal chef that makes 23 calories, tastes like a fucking T-bone steak, Jesus. I mean, I, I do. That's, that's good, it's not right good there. for you. Well, I mean, no. if I had a personal beer drinker, I'd be in way better shape too. Oh, right? You know, I, yeah. I'm but, my own. I don't beer have drinker. one of those, so I got to do all that shit on myself. Yeah. You know the the, the people that are, the people that are impressive to me are the ones that have all the money in the world and they just just have endless amounts of cash and choose to still be just a overweight obese pile of shit i mean that is dude that is dedication <laughs> like you've got everything at your disposal to to with very little effort to be in shape cookie meals just and i'm not even talking about image right i'm not i'm just talking about being healthy right and you still have these people are like eh, i'm good man four and a quarter 47 percent body fat <laughs> i don't give a shit <laughs> that's, well, i don't dude, know that's why the fuck I mean, that's dedicated. Good for you, man. Cheers. Hey, guys. So, uh, another big day in college football yesterday, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Oklahoma down Oklahoma goes Oklahoma. Down. Yep. Oklahoma yes, down. Now, because we had talked about it before, that Oregon-Washington game, right? Yeah. Because we had talked about it before, so yesterday, I watched that Utah and uh, Oregon game. Mm-hmm. Man, does um, Oregon man. fucking look good or Oregon's what? Oregon's good, oh, dude. Yeah, like Oregon's, Oregon's fucking really good, good man. They're I'm really, telling you really what, good. they keep this up. They keep this up, and that that game at the end of the year for the Pac-12 title, oh, it's gonna be Washington is gonna be yeah. epic. Yeah, that's well, gonna be that's gonna well, be real. well. They're both in the north. Oh, I thought it's they gonna... were saying they were gonna have to play again. I could be I mistaken, we're saying but they're both on, in the North on, Division, I believe. Yeah, I thought they were saying that they would. We were going to see that matchup again. They that were, would I be think awesome. Were that the first that, game was the first. I game think. I think you were saying that. Yeah, I heard that too. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I, yeah, I thought maybe they I'm were wrong. Both in the North too, Ty. Hey, so did did, did Air Force win? I I saw you. The score yeah, size. Yeah, they won. They, nice. Yeah, they won the Fort Hell yeah, they won. They went up to Fort Collins a couple hours away in a snowstorm and kicked the shit out of the Rams. And, Good. Uh, and Good for them. So they're 19. They're going to move up probably 17, I want to say. Uh, they might move up a spot or two. But, yeah. but the, I mean, they beat an unranked team with a losing record. Yeah. Yeah. But they, um, they, they but, won, though. I mean, they, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, they're 8-0. Right, right. They're 8-0. So, yeah. you know, they won a big cast. They got Army this next week at Mile High, which is going to be that's going to be awesome. Absolutely. And they got Army, and then and then their big one is they finish the season uh, with UNLV, who right now are six and one. Oh wow, that'll so be a good game. They got Hawaii, they got Army, Hawaii, and UNLV. How's how's and Hawaii doing this year? Not too good. Uh no, it's typical, kind of typical. Hawaii. I mean, dude, you go to Hawaii to play college football. You really, I know. yeah. Well, they, but they, they've, they've had de- decent teams in the past. I mean, it, you know, not very often, but. Well, they do, and it's always a show. I mean, right. they're gonna, they're gonna move the ball downfield. They're gonna right. throw the, throw right. the football, and, and it's gonna off, be man. a show. But in the yeah. end, it's. I mean, you go to Hawaii and you play football, and I would, I would like to know, and maybe somebody out there can, can tell us. How many seniors are on that team that have started for two, three years or whatever, you know, that haven't by now said, you know what, fuck this. I'm just going to stay on Hawaii. Oh, my God. Under the beach, surf, you know, do whatever. There has and, to, the, uh, Hawaii has to have the most seniors on their team, probably. Because guys stick around, right? Because <laughs> you're like, well, yeah, but do or they they guys the- that haven't played, guys that haven't played that they're like, they're gonna let me come back. Okay. Talk about distraction, though. I mean, how seniors, do you, right? How do, you, how do you keep your mind on football? In, I mean, damn, like, yeah, there's I mean, a little that's, that's kind, of what I'm, kind of what I'm saying. You know, we've talked about it a million times. It's like outside of the UNLV basketball team years and years and years ago in the right. you know 80s yeah. and 90s. The shark. Uh, how how do you go to yeah? How do you go to Las Vegas and? Oh, I'm going to go to Las Vegas and and I'm going to end up in the uh, in the NFL because you know that's a place for me. <laughs> no bullshit, oh God, man. You know Vegas, Hawaii. You, you can't blame these kids, man. You can't blame them. 
I don't know. I still, still, it, it, it blows me away that we've got professional teams in Vegas just because of the sports betting. And it's, it's hard to uh, decipher what's corruption and what's not. Um, that'd be a great, great uh, lead into, into something else I want to touch on. And I want to give a disclaimer before I say what I'm going to say. First of all, let me, I side with the gym in this sense that I don't believe I think very, very rarely, I know it does happen, but it's very rarely, maybe once or twice a year, if that, where games are decided by referees. So I don't believe the referees are deciding games. That being said, I think we're going on probably a couple of years now. And, you know, I'm not even going to talk about the Miami Dolphins and Philadelphia Eagles game because that, thank you. You know, that speaks for itself. But, you know, the Colts. The Colts game, they, they, you know, they, they got just a phantom BS call. I mean, I guess here's my question is, is this much to do about nothing? Or it just seems like the, the whispers are continuing growing louder and louder and louder about just how horrendous some of these calls are. And, and really a kind of crucial moments in the game. So in your guys' opinion, is this just meh, it's the NFL or or is there something that something needs to be done? This is it's it's getting out of hand. It's it's sometimes these games are unwatchable, especially in the most crucial. Nobody gets more calls than the Chiefs, man. Chiefs get bailed out more than any other team I've ever seen in my life. So is it just the sport, or you you feel like somebody needs to take a bigger look at it? What do you, think, you know, Jim? so I, I'm that Colts game, okay. Listen, guys, by the, the people can bitch all they want, but it happens every single year in a crucial situation. And by the letter of the law, by the rule, those were penalties. Now, the one was uncatchable. I get that. But he was holding on to him before the ball was even in the air. Okay. Okay. Now, that could have been a holding instead of a pass interference call, and I would have been uh, better with that. Right. But the fact of the matter is it's still automatic first down. Right. It it really doesn't matter at that point. The thing is is that is that that's why they've got the rules the the ex-referees uh, the territory and Dean Blandino. That's why they're there. Is so that they can explain and and you hear them say a lot of times, yeah, I think they should have maybe picked that flag up. That's a little ticky-tacky, you know. And you'll hear them say that. But in in the way the rule is, that guy hooked him. He absolutely hooked him, impeded his 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 way to the ball. The pass interference. He was had a hold of his arm before the ball was even in the air. So uncatchable or not, that's a fucking penalty. But you know, you look at last year's Super Bowl tie. We all seen it. That call that they called on the last drive when when. When Philadelphia was uh, – no, I, I take it back. When I think it was the Chiefs were driving, and Eagles stopped them on fourth down. They could have kicked a field goal. I think I think Eagles – I think it would have tied the game. Yeah, it would have tied the game if they would have had to kick a field goal, which they would have. But they called um, illegal contact. Um, I think that was the by, – by the, by the Philadelphia Eagles secondary. He's a cornerback. And uh, first of all, it was borderline. 
I mean, if, you know, supposedly within five yards, you can, you know, after five yards, it's a penalty. It was right at the five yard line. And also that is a call. I feel like they can call the entire fucking game, man. So, so my question is, why are you calling that? In, in this situation, game on the and, – and ultimately, you could make a, de, make a determination that that very well might have decided the entire fucking Super Bowl. But you make that call with a game on the line, Hurts and the Eagles would have had the ball with a minute 10 left in the game, score tied. Who doesn't want to see that situation? But instead, now, now Eagles now, – now uh, Kansas City gets to – Run the ball, run the clock down. I think they t- they gave the ball back to the Eagles with twelve seconds on the clock, up by like four points. No, I got an over idea. a penalty. I got an idea. Over a penalty that should have never been called, fucking ever, man. I mean, it's take, stuff like take that. Re- that take fun. replay away. You watch the game as a football fan. You watch the fucking game. You watch it live, just like the refs do, and if there's a flag, then you say fucking okay. There's a flag. And you just watch the – instead of there ever being replays, you just watch the teams huddle up and then go back up to the line. No replays. Does that take away all the bullshit? Because that's no, – no. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying about, like, why call it in the fourth quarter if you're not going to call it in the first quarter. But I think there's just – dude, I – penalties in the nfl i think are just well, like no, I, i'm saying i'm not even saying don't why call in the fourth if it's a blatant like jim says if it's a blatant if sure. it's if it's you know but 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 what i'm saying is first of all it'd be ticky tack in any part of the game but yeah. you wait till that moment to make that call come I, yeah. on man. i know no you i know, get and, it and, i get it but and and i get it and i do too and and, and everybody wants to see him just just let them play you know, just let them play, especially when it comes to the pass interference, illegal contact, defensive holding, all that bullshit, right? Everybody wants to just let them play. But the fact is, is that if that was the case, there would be muggings out there. You yeah. know, you, you've got to, I mean, there there has to be, and I agree with you 100%, there comes a time in the game where – Listen, man, let them play. Let them play. Let's not decide this with some bullshit fucking illegal contact where the receiver actually ran into the defensive back. Right, right. You know, and now the defensive back, and now the drive continues. It's automatic first down, all that shit. The drive continues, and and uh, it does decide a game. Um, ultimately, it decides a game. So – I, I agree with all that. What I'm going to say, though, people might – I know there's going to be a lot of people disagreeing with me. If you've ever refereed or if you've ever coached and you're watching 22 guys out there and and you've got to pick this and that and everything else, man, I think the NFL referees, I think they're the least of our worries. You know, I mean, we talk about baseball umpires and and that kind of shit. But I think the NFL referees do a good job. And and in a situation where shit is flying, could you imagine? I mean, I, I've I've refereed some middle school and high school games and 
and obviously, you know, I've coached, um, but, but can you imagine the speed of that game? I'm sure. I'm sure. You're picking, out, you're picking this out or picking that out. Listen, a lot of these penalties, the reason that we're so pissed off about them is because they're happening wide open in front of God and everybody, because that's what sticks out. That's right. what you see. You, you can't tell me somebody's not holding somebody every fucking play. Every right. play. Right. You know, but the thing is, is that you do it in front of God and everybody. Uh, that's the one, that's the thing that the, the, um, the, the, the referees are going to see. And that's just the way it works. Man, you know, you got an edge rusher and he gets tackled by a left tackle. That's going to be holding every time because, boom, you're right on the edge. You're, yeah. again, well, in front well, of unfortunately, unfortunately, it's not going to be holding every time because it wasn't in the Miami Dolphins Eagles game. And and I just want to put something in perspective. The last time that the team got flagged 10 or more times and the other team got flagged not, zero was 1990. Folks, that was 33 years ago. So I, I might even be willing to buy into the fact that, well, this is coincidence, which would be a huge coincidence. But the optics say otherwise, man. When, when a team gets flagged 10 times, you mean to tell me if Philadelphia Eagles played a flawless game? And, and, and it would be one thing if it was five penalties and, and zero on the other side. Okay, then obviously they're letting everybody play. But by flagging Miami 10 times, they're making the indictment that, okay, we're going to call flags. We're, we're willing to call penalties. So if you're willing to call penalties, which tells me you're looking for penalties, you don't see anything the Eagles do? And, 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 and again, Eagles won that game. They deserved to win that game. They played better. They would have won that game regardless of what calls were made. But – Really hard not to believe that somebody wasn't in on the take on that one, man. I just think America. I, mean, that was, I think America hates the Dolphins so much that the NFL hears that all the complaints about seeing the Dolphins. <laughs> well, then say you know I'd be okay with that. I would yeah. be okay with all that. Like like say that, man. Like that would make me feel better. But <laughs> but to just I mean you had uh, David Long get fucking put in a headlock and tackled going after a fucking running back. Nothing to see here. I mean, a guy got face masks trying to catch his own pass. I did, I did, I did see. I did see that play where he got, he got, he got the RKO, the Randy Orton RKO. Yeah, yeah. He got it. How about the face mask? Like, uh, How about yeah, the fucking face mask downfield? He fucking ripped his head around, going after a pass. Nothing to see here. I, listen, man. Again. This is not, you know, Eagles would have won that game anyways. The game would, I think the score would have been closer. Eagles would have won that game. But come on, man. I mean, it's shit like that. It's like, you know, and the worst part is this wasn't a game that was buried somewhere on local TV somewhere. This was Sunday night fucking football. Everybody well, that's the watched other that thing, game. right? That's the other thing is like, if it's the fucking Giants and the Commanders playing it, right. it kicks off at 10 a.m. on the West Coast. But right. you know what I'm saying? If it's that game, nobody gives a fuck. But they're the games that people are watching. I mean, I, that's obviously like what we're going like. That's so bad. That's fucking terrible. Oh, was, especially, was, especially if you have a rooting interest and you're not just watching the game because you like football. You know what so I mean? Like in, in, in this instance with with the 
with or any of our teams, whether if it's a Ravens game or a Steelers game or if it's a fucking Dolphins game, we're all going. What the fuck? That's a fucking oh, terrible man. call. Or, I mean, it's, it's I mean? every bit, listen, it's every bit as bad as Angel Hernandez calling Bryce Harper out on a check swing that was nowhere near a fucking check swing. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. You know, Ty Ty hit it on the head though, is that we have we have the luxury of it being shown three or four more times. Oh, yeah. We're seeing it over in, and over. In, oh, in slow motion, uh frame by frame. You know, we, we you have can that luxury. you can hit rewind on the fucking on your remote now. Yeah. Like, I mean, take, just, take take all that shit away. If if the NFL was smart and they knew that their refs missed a call, they wouldn't show it five or six or fucking ten times in a row. They would go you just up, know, up, 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 on to the next, on to the next. Yeah, we fucked that one up. But I just I just gotta hope that that that, that head official, which <laughs> okay, it keeps getting worse. Huh? It keeps getting better. I don't know if you guys have followed this, and I've just read you know, I haven't been looking for him, but every time you go on Facebook or you pull up a sports page, there's an article about how bad the officiating was during that game. But apparently, fun fact, the head official that was making all those, that was, that was calling all those penalties, um, he's not a stranger to being suspended for corruption, for being paid. Yeah. He used to be a fucking college ref. And he, he got suspended for I don't know how many X amount of games for for shady refing practices you know there's and which is another way of saying it <laughs> he was in on the take um and and it's not just been one other time there's been several other instances i mean so, so here's what happens when you when you perform like you did against that game people like take a look-see into your fucking let's see if this guy's got any you know uh investments in and he he's born and raised from philadelphia shocker right Hometown ref, um, but he's been suspended several times in the past for for shady, shady refing. So when you when you get the whole ball of wax, you really, I mean, how can you not look at it like, come on, man, <laughs> this really like we're just gonna just step right over this shit? I mean, so going forward, what happens? Who knows? But I just think right now, especially on a Sunday night football game, regardless of which teams are playing, that officiating crew, man. Um, Wow, that was a really bad, uh, bad way to perform that night, man. That was well, that was the, awesome. the op the optics are the optics are bad. Ten to zero, oh. that that's bad in itself. And and you're yeah. exactly right. People are going to start digging. Um, people are going to start digging, and and all this shit's going to come up. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I mean, hopefully the NFL takes a look at it. Yeah. And, and decide that you know one way or the other, um, but so that it doesn't happen again. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I I think you're right. I think Philadelphia would have won that game anyway. Sure, um, I have and, no problem in that. I have and, no problem in it. And you know, um, uh, uh, I don't want to bring up this stat, especially you know you being a Dolphins fan, but the Dolphins' opponent's record going into that game was. Oh, I know. Five and twenty-four, and the Bills had four of those wins. Right, right. I know that. So, um, but we can I only play. I look at it a little more. I look at it a little more like as 
talented and as fun to watch as the Dolphins are. Because they are at any given time, man. Somebody could bust one. They're fun to watch. Um, are they? I don't. Are they there yet? I don't. I don't know. I, I don't have the answer to that. I know, you know they, I mean, when they play when they play the Bills, when they play the the Eagles, and you see what what happens. Um, are they? Are they there yet? Yeah, I don't think so. And you know, here's the thing: not an excuse, but they were really bad. They were missing five starters on defense in that game, and I think two more on offense. And everybody, t- every team deals with injuries, and so that's not Tyree an excuse. Tyreek Hill is a fucking animal. But, <laughs> but then, guy, listen, Ramsey, listen, Jalen Ramsey is going to be coming back today. It's his first first game of the year uh, against the Patriots. I mean, that's a huge part of a defense, man. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they had three offensive linemen completely – three starting offensive linemen out for that Philadelphia game. That matters, man. I, you know, so I, I, I agree with you. I don't think they're there yet, if for no other reason, because I don't know that we can really get a scale on what these guys are until they in, until they're at least mostly whole, mostly healthy. Um, so, but I do think teams evolve over the season, um, and and trust me. I, I get the whole fact that they haven't played anybody. They've been beating up on bad teams. As a Dolphins fan, that's all you hear. But the only defense I can say about that is you can only play who's on your schedule, man. It's like, yeah, you know, we it's, that's all we can do. So we'll see before the end of the year. I think uh, we need to kind of wrap this show up and maybe get some curtain uh, curtain calls. Uh, what do you got for me, Ty? Um, I don't know if you guys have seen anything about uh, the the quarterback that started for the Bears. This last week, he might start again this week. He is starting this week. Yeah. So, uh, Tyson, I might butcher the last name. Badgett? Badgett. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I can read. Um, (laughs) Have you guys guys seen anything about his dad? Uh Uh-uh. Have not. (laughs) Okay. So, this will be a treat. And I hope you guys do look this up after, uh, after we're done here. His dad is like a 28-time uh, arm wrestling fucking world champion. Holy there's, shit. Okay, so the clip, there's a clip of, um, I don't know, I don't, I was, I was just watching it, enjoying it. This dude's electric on a microphone. Go check him out. Tyson Badgent's dad, um, I, I don't know what it is off the top of my head. I don't know what his name is. But if you look that shit up and watch an interview with him, you're going to want more. And so I want you, more. My curtain call goes you, out to him, dude. This guy. Okay. He, so, so his so dad? His, arm, or... his dad. Yeah, not him. Okay. He's like a backup in Chicago. I don't care. His dad, though, <laughs> fucking cool. Cool as fuck. And, and so he's arm wrestling somebody from uh, – they, like, come to interview him. Uh, and, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, your son, blah, blah. And he's like – Sets up an arm wrestling thing and goes, a lot of people, I think his name's Travis or something. He's like, "Uh, most people call me Travis. You can call me daddy. Like slams old boy. It's hilarious. It's awesome. It's a, it's a killer video. Um, My shout out goes to him, man. That's it's It's cool. It's funny. You should watch it. And by the way.
Bat, are you there? Are you still there? I, oh, I'm he's... still here. Okay. I think he's frozen. Yeah, well. What's your so, current call? <laughs> yeah, well, my current call, uh, it's not as fun as that one is. It's a little bit more somber. But my current call goes out to Matthew Perry. Um, it, I think it would yeah, – yeah, Matthew Could Perry. Could be uh, any more sad? Well, more than anything else, I don't want to make it sad. I just really want to give a moment of appreciation for, for Matthew Perry um, and all the joy and laughter he brought yeah. millions and millions Absolutely. and millions of household, households. He was one of the favorites on, um, on Friends. Um, I think that, um, you know, that's when you can really tell that somebody left their mark in this world is when so many millions of people – are saddened by your passing and nobody yeah. and, and none of those millions even knew you like, yeah, like, like absolutely. millions of people that, that didn't even know you and they're at, they're absolutely saddened by your loss. So that that's when you know that this guy uh, really left his mark on, on the world and to go at 54 years old, man, um, man, pretty sad. So I, I definitely want to uh, give my curtain call to Matthew Perry for all the wonderful laughter he brought everybody and uh, hearts go out to his family. Heart, heart, Dude, you know, yeah. condolences. I'll crack another beer to that because I'm a huge yeah. Friends fan. Like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah I, was still, I was watching reruns the other night. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I, yeah, I've seen I've seen the whole catalog of Friends like oh there he is ten, ten times back. at least. There he is. So I just, I just gave my current call to Matthew Perry, Jim, just so you know, he passed, uh, 54 years old. Thanks for all the laughter and the good times on Friends. You have a curtain call you want to throw I up? Do. I do, and this is uh, – I'll, I'll try to make this quick. Um, because of my current situation, waking up to what I woke up this morning to uh, here in Southern Colorado, uh, man, the snow removal guys. You know, last night they were like – you know, half of them were like, yes, overtime. And then there were half of them that were like, oh, fuck, really? On a Sunday, football Sunday, yeah. I'm going to be out plowing snow. Yeah. So, you know what? Uh, hats off to you guys. Uh, we appreciate what you do, uh, keeping us safe and and uh, getting up on football Sunday and, and having to deal with this shit. So that's my, oh, yeah. my curtain call. Uh, yeah. Cheers, Ron. Yeah, cheers. Well, that's our, that's a wrap for uh, another episode of co uh, Cocktails and Curveballs. We do appreciate everybody who uh, decided to spend a little time and join us today. Um, everybody enjoy the rest of your day. Remember, you guys can always catch us on uh, YouTube, Cocktails and Curveballs, Gmail. Um, you can catch us on Instagram. And either we have our information up on Spotify or we will shortly. But uh, you guys can catch us, uh, you know, leave a comment, email us. We always get back to our listeners, like, share, um, comment, and uh, cheers to everybody. Hope you guys had a great weekend, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Enjoy. Cheers.